On this edition of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast, a couple of Alberta hurlers have put up some solid numbers in the U.S. college ranks as relievers. We meet Tanner Jessen Dalton and Liam Saviston. Welcome to episode 26 of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. I'm Joe McFarland. The U.S. college baseball season is well underway, and some Alberta talent has been making a lot of noise in a variety of ways. Today, we focus on a couple of pitchers who thrive on getting the call from the bullpen. We start at Sacramento State University, where Lethbridge's Tanner Jessen Dalton is in his senior season with the Hornets. The 22-year-old emerged as a standout closer last season, picking up 10 saves and a 3.02 ERA to go along with striking out an average of a batter an inning. He's off to an even better start to the 2019 campaign already with four saves and a minuscule 1.80 ERA in 17 appearances. We first met him for a story on albertadugoutstories.com last year and thought it would be great to catch up with him and here is that conversation. Tanner, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. No problem. Let's talk right off the bat about, uh, you've got a fascinating story that we got to revisit almost a year ago now. Uh, let's go back to the very beginning in baseball for you. And when did you get started? Who put that first baseball in your hand? And when did you realize, hey, this is the sport I want to follow? Uh, I started playing baseball probably around the age of like four. or was a year early. So my grandfather and my mother, dad, were most of the ones that were kind of like, whatever I wanted to do, I could. And so they put a baseball in my hand, and I played t-ball from that summer on, and I've played consistently ever since. And then it wasn't until I was probably about 19 or 20 that I was like, this is what I want to do, like, the rest. Like, as we talked about last year, at 18, I started a business in Lethbridge and kind of thought baseball wasn't the route to take anymore, and the passion kind of got relit after going and attending Prairie Baseball Academy. Talk about that chance meeting with Todd Hubka. I know he was very adamant about how that meeting even was was big in his eyes. Yeah, so I actually knew nothing about Todd Hubka or uh, Prairie Baseball Academy at the time. I was playing for Fort McLeod American Legion, and it was sort of just my last summer of baseball before you know, kind of becoming an adult and figuring my life out. And the coach at the time had actually arranged for um, – Coach Hub could have kind of come by on our championships and see if he wanted any of our players. And he spotted me from the outfield, which is kind of ironic because he recruited me as a pitcher, but he apparently liked my arm action. And I met with him and talked about, you know, what are my chances of actually playing and being part of the team and that kind of thing. And it took off from there. Was that one of those meetings that you sat there and went, you know what, that's that's all well and good, but I might as well keep working with my business and hope I can uh, make a few dollars at the end of the day? It was sort of an interesting conversation. It didn't really pan, like, didn't really come to me as, like, that was a conversation that would start this whole road to here. But at the same time, you know, I kind of challenged myself, being like, well, I can see if I can't play baseball and run a business because I don't have enough on my plate already. So... <laughs> I kind of just personal challenge to see if I could do both at the same time. And I did successfully for a year. And then once I decided to take baseball, like as my passion, as my career, I put the business aside and went straight to baseball. So once you went to Prairie Baseball Academy, what clicked for you? What, when did it finally go, okay, this actually works? Like what changed for you that changed the trajectory of, of your baseball career? 
I think it was mostly just the coaching at Prairie Baseball Academy. Uh, I came in as a right-handed pitcher at 19, throwing, I don't know, 81 to 83 miles an hour or so. And they made some tweaks to my mechanics. They moved my arm angle from directly over the top to kind of a high three-quarter, more of a natural arm slot. Um, the weight program at Prairie Baseball Academy definitely helps out. You know, you put on a lot of strength in a short amount of time, and that definitely definitely translated to the mound for myself personally. Um, yeah, I mean, I went from 81 to 83 at Prairie Baseball Academy to around, like, upper eights, touching 90. And then it's just been consistent year on out, you know, getting better each year with command, velocity, making sure I know what I'm doing on the mound. There's a funny story that came with that as well that you told me, and it was all about uh, how they were clocking your pitches. Recall that story and tell me about the how that all came about. Yeah, so, you know, as a 19-year-old, when you start picking up velocity, you're kind of always, oh, how hard was that? How hard was that? And uh, I was throwing an indoor bullpen, and they were clocking from behind me, and our pitching coach at the time was doing the gun and, Todd Hupko was kind of just walking around between both bullpens, seeing what he could see and looking at the gun when he wanted to. And I threw a fastball and he had asked me if it was a changeup. And I had no idea that he was trying to joke with me at all. I said, no. And he goes, oh, all right. And I asked him after the bullpen, I said, well, fly, like how hard was it? He goes, well, your fastball is sitting 78, 79 right now. That was your fastball. So we got, I don't know what the hell happened to you. <laughs> and he actually got all the coaches on board for about two weeks until I was so wrapped up in trying to figure out what was going on that one of the coaches finally just told me that I was sitting 88, 89 miles an hour on the gun. So uh, for about two weeks span, I thought my arm was going to fall off and baseball was over. Well, I was starting to wonder when you told me that story the first time, I got thinking, you know, I'd imagine that you had to have been trying harder and harder and harder. And was there a point where you're like, I don't know if I can go any harder without ripping the arm off and throwing it at the plate myself. I mean, to a certain extent, yeah. I tried my best to, like, not be too violent getting down the mound trying to get the gun up. I mean, velocity will come, and velocity kind of likes to do whatever it wants. Sometimes you don't really feel good, and you're throwing the hardest you've ever thrown. Other times you feel great, and you're kind of just in the middle. And uh, so I tried not to, you know, blow the gun up, kind of, so to speak. But, I mean, yeah, there's definitely times where I was like, are you kidding me? Like, that's that's how hard I'm throwing. Like, I feel like I should be throwing way harder. And so, yeah, there's couple bullpens where I was trying to get after it, as our coaches would say, and not really thinking I was making much progress. Did that teach you a lesson down the line in terms of kind of the, the even keel approach that you almost need to have on the mound rather than trying to overpower or overthink uh, a batter? Yeah, I think that was definitely the beginning of sort of the baseball IQ people talk about. I mean, as a pitcher, you kind of need to know the situation you're in, who you got at the plate, what he's done all day, you know, where he's where can he hit the ball well? What is he trying to do? All that kind of stuff. And, you know, velocity's, you know, a nice face, so to speak, to have, you know, oh, I throw 95, 98, whatever it is. But at the end of the day, like, if you don't know where you want to put that velocity or even any pitch, it doesn't really do you much good. And so that was sort of the start of my ideology of, you know, 88 place where I want, it's better than 95, and I have no idea where it's going, especially upgrading from, you know, junior college baseball to Division One. You learn really quick that, a 92-mile-an-hour fastball, 95% of the guys out there can swing at it and hit it very well, and it's not going to blow many guys away. What changed on that front in terms of kind of going in with that, I'm going to try to, to fire a, a bullet down the, the middle of the plate, that kind of mentality? How did that all change for you? When did that change for you? 
that didn't change until I got to Sac State. Um, at Prairie Baseball, I was one of the harder throwers and the competition we faced, so that was kind of the same opinion. Um, you know, I was like 85 to 87 on most days, I think, and that was sort of like a harder, more firm fastball. And so when I got to Sac State, our fall ball, we always did inner squads against each other, and obviously we got guys all the way from freshmen to fifth-year seniors. And I learned really quickly that even the freshmen, you can't really blow them away with 88 miles an hour anymore. I think in freshman fall, I put up like a 13-and-a-half DRA against our own team. And so that was definitely kind of a a slap in the face as to, hey, you need to you need to figure out what you want to do each at-bat as opposed to just relying on being better than everyone because you're not. Did you ever think through this process, especially once you got to Sac State, that you'd end up going from the starter's role to the closer's role? And how have you felt being able to to be the guy that they lean on like they have over the last couple of years? Uh, at first, it was sort of a hard adjustment, you know, being able to take my time as a starter, 30, 35 minutes to, you know, stretch out, warm up, feel good, go into the bullpen and shrink that down to three minutes from sitting on a bench for a couple hours to hear your last name called and get down to the bullpen to get in the game. That was probably the hardest translation or transition, sorry. Um, just like the shortened time to get ready. The mentality didn't really change. You know, you still have to have that sort of edge about you, I guess, on the mound and like that unshakable, like emotionless type deal. Not really emotionless, but, you know, like not be able to get under your skin, mm-hmm. so to speak. And so that mentality has always kind of been there. And I mean, I'm willing to do anything I can for the name on the front of the jersey as opposed to the number on the back. So if they feel like they want me out of the bullpen as opposed to the starter, I'm all for it. Have you enjoyed the role? I mean, you've been having a lot of success. You've had uh, you know Player of the Week nominations and all kinds of things over the last couple of years. And I mean, the numbers don't lie. You've you've uh, put up some real healthy stats that on the, on that side of the ball. Yeah, I mean that's I don't mind it at all. Like I said, I'm I'm doing a job for the team and. As long as I keep doing my job, I feel like they'll keep giving me the call. So my job is just to keep going out there and give them what we need and getting us out of situations or just shutting the door on people. Certainly a long way from shoveling sidewalks and cutting grass, eh? It is, yeah. A lot of different type of work. Talk a little bit about your future plans, what you'd like to do over the next year, and, and what are you hoping by the end of 2019 that you've kind of accomplished? So I'll be graduating from Sac State here in May. Um, obviously, the professional draft is something that I'm trying to go for. I mean, it's not an end-all, be-all, but that's definitely the road that I want to take is option A, so to speak. And, uh, I mean, that would be – that right now is one of my primary focuses is to continue getting better on the baseball field and finish my degree academically and see where baseball can take me. And, I mean, by the end of 2019, I hope to either be, you know, somewhere in the minors doing – doing my thing again there or you know trying to grow up and fit into this adult world if baseball ends up not panning out but definitely the goal right now is baseball it's funny how talking to you and in your your demeanor hasn't changed at all to me in the last year it's just it's always been fascinating to me is watching and listening to how even keel you are about things is that something that you've always had or did you kind of develop it over the years to try to be sort of a realist but at the same time uh reach for the stars um i'm not too sure where it kind of really came from um I mean, my parents do a really good job of sort of, you know, like no matter how good things get, like life has a a way of bringing you back down or humbling you, so to speak. And same with 
as long as they get, there's always those moments you can appreciate and learn from. So I guess it kind of started there. And I mean, it's just sort of like a humble confidence, I guess is the best way I can explain it. And that got taught to me through the Prairie Baseball Academy. And then again, here is sort of like you go about your work and you're confident in yourself, but you don't need to be, you know, extravagant about how, how much you think you are as opposed to just go out there and show what you can do. What does it mean to you to have the success that you have had at a pretty big school like Sac State and be kind of the representative of Southern Alberta in that regard in terms of being sort of the homegrown boy who's doing some pretty darn good things? I mean, it's it's an honor. I mean, obviously, I'd like to say that I worked hard to get here and how, you know, hard work pays off. And that's definitely true to a certain extent. But I mean, I go home for Christmas break and I see friends that I went to high school with, or, you know, even junior high school. And they, they share stories with me about their work and how lucky I am to be playing in California. And don't really, doesn't really sink in that I'm 22 years old playing a game that I've played since I was four and I have a potential to maybe even make this a career. And it's sort of just like that, bring it back to the middle kind of, so to speak, you know, so wrapped up in baseball all the time. You think things are going bad, things are going great. It's just great to, you know, kind of, touch with your roots, so to speak, and get back in touch with where you came from and what got you here. That brings me to my next question, which is who inspires you, whether it's in baseball or in life? Love asking that question because it always seems to throw everybody for a little bit of a loop. Uh, That was a hard question, to be honest with you. Um, In terms of mentality, I would have to say my father for sure. Um, My father's a, a veteran who went to Afghanistan when I was just 11. And just his ability to sort of hold composure in situations and the way he goes about his days and everything is in order, obviously, as a military background. Everything's always clean cut and you know what you're doing at what times. But at the same time, when things don't go your way, you still have an ability to sort of calm yourself down, think logically, get through it. And I feel like that comes well with baseball, you know, on the mound. You can execute a pitch as much as you like, but if it doesn't go your way, you got to be able to bounce back and throw the next pitch exactly where you want without sort of a hindrance of, oh, no, what might happen. And then in terms of baseball, I don't really know where I found inspiration to play baseball other than the fact that, you know, like growing up, I was sort of overlooked. You know, I wasn't the guy, wasn't Team Canada, wasn't Team Alberta, wasn't the guy, so to speak, until after PBA. And, I mean, that's sort of just that constant reminder of you're not there yet, keep working hard is sort of my own personal motivation. Tanner, it's been great to catch up with you from our story from a year ago and see where you've come and looking forward to seeing where you're going as well over at Sac State. Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. No problem. Thanks for having me. If you head to albertadugoutstories.com, Ian Wilson has pieced together another great roundup of all things Alberta in the U.S. college system with his Alberta Dugout Digest, which comes out every Tuesday. In the latest edition, we find another emerging closer in Calgary's Liam Sabiston. The 6'3", 180-pound sophomore has three saves so far this season with the Eastern New Mexico University Greyhounds. And while the club has gone through a rough spell as of late, he's also punching out batters at a rate of almost one per inning. Earlier this week, we caught up with Liam to talk about his rise through the baseball ranks. Liam, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Let's talk about your start in baseball, first and foremost, and especially in, in this day and age where it seems as though hockey and football are number one and number two. Here you are applying your trade in baseball. So take us back to the very beginning where you might have had that baseball in your hand for the first time. Well, um, 
Well, I think it really kind of started when um, I'd, I'd moved houses, and I had just moved. Uh, I was neighbors with uh, the Rose family, Mike Rose and Sue Rose, who are obviously huge and kind of founding the Okotoks Dogs Foundation and all the money. And um, they had their three boys of uh, Brendan, Jeremy, and Aiden, who were always just out in the street playing pickup baseball with all the neighborhood kids. And we just kind of got roped in and started there and started playing organized baseball from there. What exactly was it that drew you to baseball and kept you coming back? Uh, I think that's really from from my dad. He was a, he grew up in Quebec and he was a huge Expos fan and always had a, always had all the memorabilia laying around and always had the games on and loved pointing out uh, old Expos players that kind of moved on. <laughs> did you ever have that moment, or when did you have that moment that you were like, "Hey, you know what? This is something that I'm going to stick with, and it's going to be something that I'm going to try to pursue." Um, I think that was probably kind of in, in Little League in my last couple of years when uh, in 2010 and 2011 we had um, gone to back-to-back national championships. Uh, fortunately, we never won them, so we never made it to a Williams sport. But that was kind of when I realized that, hey, you know, we're a pretty talented group of guys here. Maybe we've got a, got a future playing ball. You've had quite the the journey in baseball, and and you've been able to travel all across the province. And now you're you're going down south to play ball as well. Give us a few of your highlights that you've had throughout your the course of your career to this point. Oh, wow, uh, I think the biggest one for sure is definitely with uh, PBA and winning that um, national championship, the seventh one in a row, was was really really special to kind of keep that keep the streak alive and, and all the group of guys that I had to meet going through that was, was, a, was pretty special. It was probably my, my biggest uh, memory there. Now you're applying your trade and, and playing down south with uh, ENMU. Talk a little bit about that decision to go down that far south and, and talk about the, the season thus far that you've been having. Um, I mean, it was, it was a bit of a tough decision kind of coming out of PBA where I wanted to go, but um, fortunately I kind of met uh, Nick Ankerman, who was a PBA alumni, and he was down here, and he kind of really helped me, uh, convinced me that, you know, this is this is be a, be a good fit for me and I would enjoy it here. And um, uh, we got a pretty good group of guys here, uh, pretty good in the locker room, but um, we've had a run through a bit of a rough spell here for the last couple of weeks, but uh, I think we're really, we'll really finish the season out strong here with um, the last couple series and really working hard for those kind of seniors who are on their way out and kind of done playing high-level baseball. You've picked up a couple of saves along the way as well. Is that your role now? Are you the closer for ENMU, or uh, is that a, a by-committee thing, or are you really enjoying the, the, the reliever experience? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I love the reliever experience. It's kind of what I love about baseball and being in that role is that I I have the opportunity to pitch every day, and I'm not a starter where i got to sit around for most of the time and wait for my special day. So, uh, um, no, but it's we don't, we don't really have any assigned special roles. I think it's more of just, you know, we have the confidence between all the relievers and the staff here that, you know, we'll, we'll get it done, and maybe, you know, one of us has kind of a rough day and the other one's you know, working hard to pick the other guy up. So I think that I've just kind of been fortunate that I've been the guy who's, who's gotten the saves, but I think it's really more of a whole committee Effort. Is coming out of the bullpen different depending on what inning you're going into in, in terms of trying to prepare mentally for what you have to do, or is, is the mindset pretty simple? Just get outs and don't worry about having to deal with, you know, the next batter or the next inning. Yeah, I think, uh, I think, I think for some guys, they'll kind of, kind of uh, really have a kind of de- defined role and that, you know, they're, they're one inning guys and they're really going out there and giving it, you know, 
hundred percent and really giving everything they have in their tank for that one inning. Um, I'm I'm more kind of relaxed, just you know, take it inning by inning, batter by batter, and pitch to pitch, and just you know, relax and try and try and work work my way through whatever situation I'm in. What kinds of goals do you set for yourself from game to game, or do you set them sort of a week by week, or, or talk a little about the the goal setting structure, especially when you're coming in uh, as a reliever? I mean, uh, obviously, the, the biggest thing is you know just, just winning games and making sure that. Um, you know, you're really doing everything you can to try and help the ball club. But um, setting goals of just really trying to being being consistent, I think, is the biggest thing. And trying to make sure that you know every every day you're uh, doing your job. Of, you know, for me, pounding pounding the strike zone and trying to hit bats and, and get out there is a uh, is the biggest thing. Um, so I mean, really, for gold, it's it's, it's pretty simple. We're just trying to. Trying to win by you know whatever whatever means necessary whatever's working for you that day. When it comes to your pitch selection, do you have a couple that you like going to, or are you kind of one of those guys who who likes to just be methodical and place pitches? Um, well, I'm I'm really more of a movement guy. I don't blow anybody away with with anything really, especially at a, at this level. So I'm definitely kind of playing a cat and mouse game with uh, trying to put put pitches in, in good places and. and putting breaking balls in spots where I can really be effective and getting getting out. From the standpoint of the goals going into this season and and by the end of 2019, what would you like to have accomplished here? Um, I mean, really, the uh, biggest things are always always wins, but I think also a big part of that is you know being being a big team guy, trying to be uh, the best teammate you can be, and and you know whatever whatever way that is, maybe that's you know. Being being a end of the bullpen guy, big reliever, or you know, it just uh, working with with teammates and, and being the best kind of supporter you can be there. When it comes to whether it's baseball or life, I love asking this question: Is who inspires you? Wow, uh, <laughs> I think I'd probably give the the cliche answer here and say that uh, my my dad is the biggest uh, inspiration here. He's always the guy that. I'm really thankful for in in this journey, just in, in both getting me started and you know, keeping me on the track I'm on. You know, he's always the guy that I, I turn to, especially with the mental side of the game. You know, when you're, when you're kind of struggling or, or if it's going well, you know, he's always there to you know, keep me keep me even keel. Did you ever imagine in a million years when you were younger that you'd end up being in the position you're in now, where you're you're playing post secondary baseball somewhere in a foreign land, where uh, you know where you are now? I mean, it was, it was always kind of the goal of, you know, um, playing baseball kind of in, in the southern states, but it was just, just when when it actually hits you and you kind of get that contract, you know, um, it's just really like, wow, you know, you, you did it. And you just still can't believe it. And you still can't believe it. Every day I'm here, you know, it's it's, it's a really special thing. And I'm really, you know, just, just thrilled, just thrilled to be doing this. What do you think is next for you? Like even for for in the summer or heading into the fall, what do you, you got kind of up your sleeve? Um, well, I'll be back with the with the Bulls in Lethbridge this summer for the third one because uh, I, I just love it there, and the coaching staff is great, and the guys they bring in is, is great, and that whole city is just a fantastic place to be. So I think that's that's probably the next step for me uh, out of here. Looking forward to seeing you when you come back, and Liam, thank you so much for joining us in the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. 
Thanks to Tanner and Liam for joining us on the podcast this week. And thanks to you, as always, for downloading and listening. We are forever grateful for all your support, no matter how you show it. If you're looking at potentially sponsoring Alberta Dugout Stories or the podcast, make sure to drop us a line. We have a few different options available, including sponsorships and partnerships. Head to albertadugoutstories.com for more on the Okotoks Dogs, Dogs Academy, Absolute Human Performance, the Western Canadian Baseball League, and Sparrow Outfitters, who have all joined us as official sponsors. We'll have a few more announcements to come in the next few weeks. Until next time, thanks again for listening to Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast.